What a great morning. Amen. My, uh, my former pastor would say, if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. <laughs> if you're not full yet, I'm hoping the next 30 minutes or so is going to make your cup runneth over. Because God has some more things to say to us this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking this morning about prayer. Uh, prayer and fasting. A couple of weeks ago, we started a series that was all about worship and what is worship and what does worship look like and what does it mean. We've been picking at the different ways that we worship God. We defined worship as an expression of adoration or reverence in response to God's presence in your life. It really should say worship is any expression of adoration or reverence in response to God's presence in your life. Anything that you do. Really, a less technical way to think about that is it's any good thing you do because of who Jesus is to you. So if Jesus' presence in your life causes you to open the door for someone, that in its way is an act of worship because it is a good thing that you're doing because of who Jesus is to you. But in, in particular, when we, get, when, we, when we focus on God in adoration or reverence, when we're adoring him or revering him, and that comes out in our lives, that's worship. So a lot of different things can be worship. Today we're going to talk about talking to God, prayer, what that conversation is like, and how prayer can be a form of worship. Uh, in my mind, prayer is really beautiful. Because when I call my wife, sometimes she doesn't answer. Sometimes. Um, but how crazy is it to think that the God of creation, the Lord of everything, who, who uh, by his will holds all things together. I mean, my wife is busy sometimes, but God, he answers every time. Every time you call out to him, he answers. How crazy is that? It's just beautiful. I think it's beautiful. It's also one of those sort of wild and crazy things that we Christians do, right? We we close our eyes and we shoot a prayer to a God that we can't see. And people who aren't spiritually savvy, to them that probably looks nuts. Probably looks a little, a little weird for us to do that. But for us, we just keep doing it. We keep doing it. We keep doing it. Why? Because it works. Because we know that it works. Because we've always done it. And it's not just part of our tradition. Because it's part of how we connect with God. But for even for people who are not spiritual, people who, you know, the strictest kind of atheist out there, when life is really, really hard, I mean, when it's really, really hard, you can, they'll find themselves calling out to God, maybe in anger, I mean, maybe in frustration, maybe in pleading, but still calling out to God. It might not be worship, because worship is, is a good thing, right? It's a, it's a positive response to who God is in your life. So it might not be worship, but it is prayer. I think prayer is planted very deep within us, because when you look out and you look at all the different cultures and all the different religions, uh, they're all praying. They all have this. We have this thing planted deep within us and that tells us to do that, to, 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 shoot, to shoot a message to an invisible God that we don't see but that we know is there. 
the way that we understand that in the Bible is that the Bible says that when God made us, he made us in his image, and he made us with an ability to relate to him in the garden, with him, listening to him, hearing his voice. There's, a, there's, a, there's an intimacy that God made us to have with him. And at first we had that close, direct, intimate contact, and then Adam and Eve sinned, and now there's a gap. Okay? So at first we had a close, direct fellowship with God, and now we have prayer. Because prayer is what God has given us that allows us essentially to send a note across the gap. Because when I talk to you, I can look you in the eye and we can have a conversation and you can interrupt me, right? We have a, a, there's a, an intimacy with our conversation. But when I talk to God, I have to, I have to send it out. Do you know what I'm talking about? So I can still talk to him, but it's, it's not the same. Prayer is what God has given us so that we can still have that fellowship. And he still wants that fellowship, and that's what prayer is for. It is the primary way that we fellowship with God. That's what prayer is. It's relational. It's conversational. It is, it is us connecting with God in fellowship. He still wants that. Um, if you want to know about my relationship with my wife, I, she's not here this morning, so I don't want to talk about her a lot because I'll get in trouble, okay? But if you want to know about my relationship with my wife, if you can find out how often we talk, what do we talk about, and what is the tone of our conversation, like what are those conversations like, you will know everything that you need to know about my relationship with her, just based on how we communicate. And the same thing is true with how we communicate with God. The communication is key to our relationship. And so I just want to point out a couple things about prayer. The very act of praying should remind us, number one, that God wants to talk to us, that he wants to have that conversation. The fact that we know to pray, the fact that we know how to pray, is only something that we know because God has revealed it to us. So the fact that we can pray tells us that God wants to have that conversation. But the fact that we have to close our eyes, we don't have to close our eyes, but the, you know what I'm talking about. We sort of you know, shoot a prayer to heaven and just have faith that it gets there is a constant reminder of that, that gap that exists in our fellowship. God wants to have that fellowship, but we should be reminded that we don't deserve it. That sin has broken that relationship. So it both highlights our closeness with God and our distance from him. I think that's captured really beautifully uh, by David when he wrote Psalm 5, the very beginning of Psalm 5. And I'm going to read it from the King James because it, it goes with a song that I, I, I grew up singing. It says, David wrote, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. David was clearly aware that he doesn't deserve to have God hearing and answering his prayers. But he's going to keep pushing because he knows that God wants him to. 
God wants you to keep pushing for that relationship, even though you don't deserve it. Prayer in this way is a little bit like a Swiss army knife of worship. It can do a lot of different things. Uh, We can be praising God. We can be thanking him. We can be um, confessing to him. We can be um, uh, repenting. We can be interceding for others. But the goal in every prayer is to honor God. Amen? The goal is not to get what you want. So when we approach God in prayer, hoping that he gives us something, and that's really our primary motivation, we've, we've lost the, the purpose of it. The purpose for communicating with God through prayer is to honor him. It's to glorify him. So let's talk about how to pray. Yeah? All right. So Pastor Aaron, I get it, but help me out here. Sure. In John chapter 10, Jesus is describing himself as the good shepherd. And in verse 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, what does this have to do with prayer? Part of it, a big part of prayer, a big part of prayer is you talking to God. It's you talking to God. Now, it's important to note that you don't initiate that conversation. As much as you think that you do, prayer is always a response to who God is. So you didn't start it. It's always a response. So when, even when we gather together in the church and we, uh, someone comes up front, like uh, Lorraine did this morning, and we pray, it's part of our routine, but it's, we are praying in response to what's been happening and who God is. It's always a response. So a lot of it is you, is you talking to God, but like Jesus said here, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You, a part of prayer is you hearing back from God because he knows who you are. How are you going to know him? You need to be able to hear his voice when he speaks. And he does speak. Amen? Amen. So part of that relationship that prayer is, is preserving and enhancing, part of that relationship is not just you talking, but it's you listening. So like any good conversation, you have to be prepared to hear what Jesus says back to you when you pray. It's a two-way street like any good conversation. So the first, uh, the first sort of practical Tip is that prayer is also a chance to listen. Don't just pray, listen while you pray. Listen while you pray. This will help you step up your fellowship with God by taking time to hear him. I imagine, and you might not, you might not get this, but I imagine sending emails to God, and he's emailing me back, but I never check my inbox. I just keep sending him emails, and then eventually he goes, "What do you want from me? You just I, I, you're just venting because I'm not listening. So listen, it's important for your fellowship. Like James said, when you listen, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers. So when Jesus says something back to you, go get it done. Go get it done. Don't just hear him and go, "Yeah, I don't know about that." Do what he says. Do what he says. It will enhance your relationship with God. So listen, uh, heading into number two, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice 
always. Always is hard, I know. Always is hard, but rejoice always and pray without ceasing. Give thanks in some of your circumstances. Ugh, all of your circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul says that, that God's will in Christ is for you to rejoice no matter what. For you to be grateful no matter what. And for you to pray without ceasing. That means, number two, pray nonstop. 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 Part of that means persistently. Be persistent. There's a parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 11 where he is describing a neighbor who comes over and, and, and knocks on the door. No, I'm, it's too late. I'm busy. Go away. Knock, knock, knock. It's too late. Knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. And Jesus says, that's how you should pray. Keep going, keep going. Be annoying to God. Wake him up. It's okay. Jesus says, do it. We want that. How cool is that? So be persistent. God's not answering your prayer. Pray, pray, pray. God's not answering your prayers. Pray, pray, pray. It's good for you. It's good for you. And it honors God. Also, part of pray without ceasing, I think, just means keep the line open. In, in other words, have a constant, um, you know, uh, easy access to your prayer life. Does that make sense? So if you think, for example, that you need to get on your knees, fold your hands, close your eyes, and be in the dark in order to pray, it's hard for you to keep the line open. It's hard for you to have easy access to when something happens in your life and you just go, let me send God a quick prayer. And it's not, it's not an irreverent prayer, but let me just tell him what's been going on. Because I don't know about you, but I do that all the time. And again, I'm talking about my family. But with my wife, I'm constantly sending her little notes and little text messages throughout the day that just keeps us connected. It's part of our relationship. And God wants that from you. He wants you to have a constant flow of, of talking with him. It's part of your relationship with him. So pray nonstop. And number three, don't pray like the hypocrites. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Okay? Don't be like the hypocrites. Here's what they do. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've already received their reward. Don't pray like the people who are trying to glorify themselves. Prayer is not about you glorifying yourself. Prayer is about your relationship with God. In your relationship with God, you should be humble. You should be humble. Prayer is not your chance to show off. Prayer is a reminder that God loves you, but you're sinful and broken without Jesus. And so pray with humility. Pray with humility. So pray, and as you pray, listen, and pray constantly, pray nonstop, and pray with humility. Don't pray with pride. Pride has no place in your prayer life. You're talking to God across the gap of sin, so you do that humbly. And then lastly, I know that we haven't talked about fasting yet, 
and you've been waiting. So here we go. Psalm 69 says, When I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. Sometimes we can get spiritually dry. Does that happen to you? Where you just sort of dry up and go, meh, eh, just not really into it. You can dry up spiritually. It happens. If your prayer life is drying up, if it's waning, consider fasting. Because here's what David says about it in that, in that verse, is that fasting leads to a realization of your brokenness and your humility, which brings you back to wanting to talk to God in a really relevant way. Fasting is uh, when you remove something from your life. Traditionally, it's food. And you replace it with a spiritual discipline. So you not eating, if you skip a meal, you didn't fast, okay, spiritually. If you just didn't eat, oh my gosh, I forgot to have lunch. I'm going to put on Facebook that I was fasting today. That sounds good. That's not what it is, okay? It is taking something out of your life and putting something spiritual in its place. Traditionally, that's with food. So we, we would skip uh, maybe for a day. You would not eat for a day. And instead of eating, at those times when you're hungry, you go to God's word to get fed. You go to him in prayer to get fed. And after a while, you realize that, that, that your body telling you, I have to have it, is not true. Is not true. And that's the real benefit that we get from fasting, is realizing that God sustains us even when our body tells us, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And that gives you all kinds of good information about how to deal with sin. When your body says, I have to have it, we can know that spiritually we don't. And it, and it locks us in on, on God and his provision. So fasting is a great way to really re-engage when you've been sort of disconnected. Uh, let me give you a couple practical tips. Please talk to your doctor. If you're thinking about fasting, talk to your doctor. I just don't want to get a phone call one day and someone said, well, I fasted for three days and I'm diabetic. And I didn't think it was a problem. It is a problem. So just talk to your doctor and tell them what you're thinking. Uh, but I do, I do encourage uh, fasting. Not all the time. Don't make it just a, like a routine. But something just to get you back. Just to get you back, re-engaged with, with God and his word. Um, try a partial fast. So for me, for uh, actually a couple of years, I, I fasted from breakfast every Friday. Every Friday I skipped breakfast and I just read from scripture and I prayed and meditated on the word. And it was really good for me. Um, so consider doing something partial or taking something out of your life like TV. And when you would normally go to watch TV or when you want to watch TV, read the Bible and just watch what God does in your life because of that. It is a, it, 
sort of a wild and crazy thing that we do as believers, but it, it works. It works, and it's prescribed to us in the Bible. Um, yeah, so just be careful about it. I really don't want to get a phone call. All right. Your prayer life can tell you everything you need to know about your relationship with Jesus. So just take a moment and think about it. How often do you pray? What do you pray about? And what is the tone of your prayer? Are you always asking God to, are you, are, are you are constantly talking about yourself in your prayers? Are you always asking God to heal you? Are you interceding for others? Um, do you, are you going to God like he's Santa Claus and he's just got all this bag of things and you're asking him, can I have one? Are you praising him? Do you praise God while you pray? Do you humble yourself before him? Your conversations with God, your prayer life, will tell you everything you need to know about your relationship with him. Someone once told me that the difference between prayer and worry, have you ever heard this? The difference between prayer and worry is worry is when you talk to yourself about your problems. And prayer is when you talk to God about your problems, knowing that he has some power. <laughs> you can't do anything about your problems. When you just talk to yourself about your problems, you just get worried. When you go to God who can, that's called prayer. Prayer is taking everything to God. And prayer gives you peace. Prayer gives you peace. It refocuses us on the things that really matter. Here's what Philippians 4 tells us to do. It's, it's, uh, it's not on the slides. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what will happen? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer doesn't always give you the thing that you want, but it will always give you peace if you pray right. If you pray with humility, you pray without ceasing, and if you're listening to God, he might not give you what you want, but he'll, he'll give you peace in your heart. Let's pray. Lord, it, it, it's just so amazing that, that you're here right now and that you're listening to us. It's, um, it's just amazing. Um, we, we stand in awe of how gracious you are to care about our doctor appointments and our neighbors and our physical issues and even our spiritual issues. Just the fact that you care, God, is, 
is absolutely humbling. And Lord, we thank you for your love. God, encourage our hearts. Encourage us to come to you more and to seek you out and to pray to you more, God. I pray that this morning, as we gathered together, as we um, consecrated ourselves before the service, as we praised you and we worship you and we sing songs to you and as we as we speak to you and we pray to you and as we uh, as we baptized for children this morning and as we just seek your face and we move toward you God that you would move back toward us and that you would help us close the gap that we would feel closer to you and that you you would cause in us uh, just a sense that when we leave this place that that we really can speak to you and know that you're listening and know that you love us and know that you care.